This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Thanks for listening to our AWLS podcast series. I remind you to always go to www.wildmedu.org to look at our other programs and ways that you can study and certify in uh, wilderness medicine, especially advanced wilderness life support and basic wilderness life support if you've not uh, studied those. Today we're going to talk about uh, ultramarathons and uh, what those mean. We have with us today Mongus Devite, one of the great ultramarathoners. Welcome to our podcast, Mongus. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Tell us what an ultramarathon is. Yeah, so an ultramarathon is any race that's over 26.2 miles, which is about 42 kilometers. Um, and that's just your typical marathon length, so anything longer than that is considered an ultramarathon. Um, typically, ultramarathons kind of switch from the roads, uh, well, aren't on roads and are on trails. Um, typically, can have a lot of elevation gain and get to some pretty cool locations. So what is a typical elevation gain for an ultramarathon race? So it obviously kind of depends on distance, but I've done a fair bit of races um, that have over like 10,000 feet of elevation gain, which is roughly uh, two to three uh, thousand meters um, in elevation gain over the course of 30, 30 miles, 50 kilometers. Um, so it can be a lot. Some races kind of focus on the most elevation, but there's also, I've done like a 50 mile race that had uh, around 2,000 feet of vertical, so pretty flat uh, comparatively. Well, like uh, many people, I don't know what uh, these marathon races look like because I don't run marathon races. I do run for exercise, but why don't you tell us what is the most difficult race you've done? Yeah, so I'd say the distance of like the 50K, uh, which is a, just over 30 miles, uh, is notorious for being having a lot of like elevation gain. Um, so like last summer, uh, I went out, or I guess two summers ago it was, uh, was in Big Sky, Montana. And over the course of 30 miles, it was like 10,000 feet of gain. Um, yeah, and it was pretty uh, pretty hard. It took me like six six hours of up and down, up and down. Um, yeah, it was really enjoyable, but it was probably my hardest, hardest well, race. One of the questions I think the listeners always want to know when we get performers on here and people who do outdoor activities is how do you prepare for that kind of a thing? And um, uh, like uh, as far as uh, running and in between races and in eating, uh, like uh, not maybe up to the race and then right before the race. Tell us your uh, exercise and food uh, intake. Yeah, so as far as like training goes, um, I always just like to spend as much time running as possible. Um, and that could, I mean, running, that could be walking up a, a steep hill, running downhill, whatnot. Uh, but just as much time as possible, keeping my heart rate elevated. Um, that could be after class going for a run and feeling good and staying out for a couple of hours or just going out for 30 minutes because I'm not feeling it. Um, when the race gets closer, I will have like um, at least like two weeks in advance. Uh, normally like that week, that month before, uh, I'll be doing some pretty long runs. Like on the weekends, I'll be out for six hours um, just moving. Uh, and then 
week or two weeks before I start to uh, slow it down so my body can uh, recover and be ready. Um, and as far as fueling, like during those runs and like after those runs, it's just getting as many calories in me as possible uh, so I can recover as, as well as protein. Um, and then like leading up to a race, like carb loading, getting a lot of sleep and mentally preparing is a big thing because it, it, it is not always enjoyable. Uh, you have to be mentally ready to go through some pretty uh, rough patches for sure. I have a, a, a question that I know that the listeners want to know, and that is uh, shoes. Uh, we have people here that that are listening that have all sorts of sports and all types of different shoes. Uh, what shoes do you wear? What do you recommend? How often do you switch them out? And how do you keep your shoe uh, feet safe before and during these long runs? Yeah, so I um, I like the uh, the brand Ultra. Um, they're it's spelled with an A, not a U. Um, but yeah, they make uh, a few different brands of shoes for trail running. I like their Lone Peaks, um, just because they're the most like durable uh, for harder terrain. But they're if you a lot of running shoes are very bulky, uh, very big. These are very very small, like uh, not a lot of cushion, um, which to me is amazing uh, because it is like a transition from these big shoes to the smaller ones. Um, but once you make that transition, it is a lot better for me, uh, for my joints and stuff. Uh, and then shoes last around 500 miles, which is around 800 kilometers. Um, and that kind of is terrain dependent. Like if I'm running on pretty, pretty rocky surfaces, I can take a look at my shoes after uh, about half that distance and realize I need new pair. Uh, but normally the sho- shoes for ultra runners are made to last about uh 500 or so miles when you're doing an ultra sport and it's uh, an endurance sport and you're spending all those hours running uh how a couple questions uh how much of that are you walking versus running versus jogging and also um what are you using to i know you need or maintaining your sugar but talk to us about this being uh, glycolysis and lipolysis and what you're doing to maintain and make sure that you're getting sugar so yeah, um, so I think one of the reasons why ultra running was always appealing to a lot of people is you're not running the whole time, right? There's steep, there's steep hills that you're going up and you're, you're walking those and it's a lot more efficient uh, if you do walk those. Yeah, and then I'd say any time, depending on the distance of the race, like there's a lot of times like after a certain, certain steepness, I'm always going to be walking it. Um, and then downhills, flats, you're, I'm always running. So I'd say I'm running around 70% of the time, uh, which I think is still a fair bit. Um, and then as far as like, uh, I mentioned like lipolysis, uh, glycolysis, um, it's runners will use the term like bonking. Um, if they're not like fueling properly, all of a sudden they kind of hit a wall. Um, and that's pretty much your body moving from one uh, fuel source, which is normally like carbohydrates to, uh, fats that are stored your body's not as efficient at that uh so you definitely feel when that switch happens and you uh you start going a lot slower you start feeling it um so fueling is like really hard like you're running so your stomach's shaking around and it's hard to keep uh any food down yeah and there's all these different brands of food and uh types of meals that you can eat and some work for some and some work for others and i've had races where normally my go-to foods aren't feeling good and it's uh, and that makes it hard for uh, when you come to an aid station and you're getting food. It's 
some things work. Uh, last race I had, I was, um, what was it, goldfish. Goldfish were really doing uh, doing me justice. Um, and yeah. So I have another question would be, uh, give us a, for people wanting to run and uh, exercise, I don't think there's anything a more, uh, a better advice than to say if you want to be a good runner, then you should run. There was, there's been a lot of data out there about uh, interval running. Roger Bannister uh, was able to crack the four-minute mile by doing interval running. And, he, and uh, he got down to four minutes and eight seconds, I think, and then they got him doing intervals. But uh, you don't do interval running. Uh, tell us about your regiment and, and why you uh, do what you do so people listening can uh, put that into their regiment. Yeah, so uh, like, I, like I mentioned, I, I really just, just run, and my goal is to get as much time uh, with my heart rate elevated as possible. Uh, I think there's something to be said with like running a mile in a race is a lot different than running 30 of them. Um, and I think I have kind of two targets when I do run um, is just like my cardiovascular strength, which is why I'm out for whatever three, four hours just running, keeping my heart rate elevated because that strengthens that, um, but also all my trainings on the trails. So that means I'm uh, going up steep hills, and that really helps my leg strength, which is another part of this. Um, you see a lot of runners uh, who run on roads, and they're not, they don't have a whole lot of uh, muscle mass, which is ideal for road running, uh, but once you get into trail running, there is a lot of uh, need for like leg muscles and uh, being strong in that capacity as well. So if you... Uh um, you made a comment about uh, your leg muscles, and we know, um, and your running. We know that they're uh, really good runners in Norway, and uh, but they aren't doing the trail running. So, uh, explain a little bit more about that. Why you think muscles are good for what you, ultra marathons, as opposed to uh, some Kenyans who are the greatest, you know, long distance runners in the world? What's the difference? Yeah, uh, for sure, the difference between them is there uh, is the muscle mass there. Um, they're running these like crazy impressive races where they're staying under just at this insane pace for 26 or so miles. And personally, with my training, I'm not training for that. I wouldn't really be able to do that nearly anywhere close to as fast as they are. Um, but yeah, and I think that they're, they're, they're on flat ground, right? And I think there's a big difference because the racing I do isn't on flat ground and that uh, anytime you're going up hills, especially when you start walking up those hills, then you're then you're relying a lot on like your your muscle strength. Um, and I think that's a big, big difference um, making running and trail running like vastly different uh, types of races and styles. What is the for, I, I don't think we told the listeners what your age was and what is like the average rate of an uh, age of an ultra marathoner and also uh, what are the older uh, ages that you see in these races? Yeah, so I'm uh, 20 years old. I'd, I'm definitely on like the younger end of people doing these races. Um, but I think what's crazy about these races is I'll, I'll easily get beat by a 60-year-old in these races. There are some, uh, I think with age, um, this sport does very well. Um, you can, like professional athletes in this sport are 30 to 40 years old, which is older than any other uh, professional athlete, I'd say, um, which I think is fascinating. And I think it just goes to say that, like, uh, the cardiovascular strength and the uh, strength and endurance you need for this sport uh, doesn't go away. Um, it's kind of like genetically, like what our, what our bodies and what our 
what humans like grew into and like was supposed to do to survive and uh, I think that's why uh, humans can be so old and still like excel at this sport. Do you have, um, uh, well we know that uh, uh, we start uh, getting to be really good long distance runners when we're uh, in our uh, about 18 and typically people will peak at their running at about 27 or 28 and then they get back to the same level of uh, ability at, as they were at 18 when they're about 64. So it's not at all surprising that runners are, are not only good at running, but they're good at running for a, a very, very long time. What is, uh, I, I do want to ask you about the shoes you wear and um, the injuries that you have with your feet and elsewhere on these things, and how do you avoid those blisters and, and pain and joint pain, knee pain, anything that you can tell us about what you've gone through. Yeah, so I think I'll first start with, like, joint pain. Um, I'm a strong believer, like, people come up to me like, how do you run all those miles? You're so young, you're going to injure your body. And I totally agree with them if I was running on the roads. Um, but just because running on trails, your foot's landing in a different position each step you take, um, meaning that you're really strengthening those micro muscles um, or stabilizer muscles. And strengthening those is by far the best injury prevention. Um, since I only started running on trails, I've had no tendon issues, no, no knee issues, anything like that. It's kind of been incredible. Um, and as far as blisters go, um, that, that is something I like, no matter what I'll always carry in like my little running sack is, uh, some sort of bandaid or something to protect that, uh, when they start to form. Cause that is something I haven't mastered yet. Um, but before. For sure, it's your socks and your shoes and how tight your shoes are um, and how, how well-sized your shoes are. And that's something I think all runners struggle with. End of the day, you could have a perfect race and still still have some blisters that were caused. Well, what have you had in your feet and other injuries? Yeah, um, I'd say I get a uh, fair bit of blisters, um, especially from a certain shoe I wear, which isn't my ultras, um, so I sent switched. But... Uh, um, blisters on my heels um and a lot of times mid-race i'll have to it's happened at least three times where i've had to like take off my socks would take off my shoes take off my socks throw some uh blister care on there like a band-aid or mole skin uh cover that up and get back running and it can still be a little painful but it's it's manageable but it can get pretty bad i've seen some pretty nasty nasty feet i want you to uh um, tell us uh, about the best experiences that you have had in your uh, ultra running, some of the things that you've seen and accomplished and others. Yeah, so one of the reasons why I love ultra running is the community. It's just incredible. Everyone's everyone's helping you. Everyone's cheering you on. Like your competition. Uh, I had this um, one race this last spring, summer, um, where I was – me and this guy were heading for third place or something and we were just kind of passing each other every once and once in a while and we were just so happy we're like nice good job keep it up and just the environment is always so incredibly friendly because at the end of the day you're kind of competing with yourself um and that's yeah that's what I love and that's kind of my best moments um all with other people kind of cheering them on and like keeping a good environment um, and I'd say my favorite moment was that race, um, which was up in Snowbird. Um, just 
that great environment. Uh, I think he ended up beating me, but like, as looking back on that race, it was an amazing race. And uh, and the uh, what is your favorite race uh, that you've done, just by sheer beauty and just the experience? I'd say by sheer beauty. Uh, it's not even like it'd be the Moab uh, Trail Marathon. It's not even technically a ultra marathon. But and that's in Moab, Utah. Yeah, in Moab, Utah. It's uh, just on the Colorado River. Um, it's all on the trails, and it's just incredibly beautiful. I've done it like three years in a row now. I've always thought that uh, running is such a great sport. I'm, I don't uh, run marathons, and I don't run long distances like you do. I I run for exercise, so I think it's cool what you do. So uh, I I will end this podcast, and I'm just going to say, why do you run? Yeah, I think, I guess I started just because I was like, oh, these places are cool. I wish I could get there faster. Um, And then that kind of birthed into me running a lot and competitively, I guess. Um, But yeah, I I run because I enjoy it. The feeling I get uh, when I'm running is amazing. The people I get to meet um, and the places I get to see. Um, So yeah, I'd say like, I think... That's why a lot of people have started running, and I think a lot of people are kind of realizing that uh, it's it's quite an accessible sport. Uh, like a lot of people are like, oh, I can't run that far, and it's like walk that far, like go out for walk, slowly start that into running. Um, I kind of showed my mom that uh, after she was always running on the roads, uh, and she started running on the trails, and she was able to uh, get a lot faster. She always tells me she's in the best shape of her life, which I love to see and then she's loving just the experience and she's very proud of herself and I think uh, that's awesome and I think that's achievable for pretty much everyone and it is achievable for everyone and we appreciate you very much uh, sharing your stories about ultra runners how you stay healthy how you prepare your shoes and your experiences with us they all inspire us this ends this podcast on the uh, ultra runner and as always we thank you for listening